chapter 15 and we're going to read the first 17 verses of uh, John chapter 15. So let's read these together. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Other people, uh, other versions say gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may, be, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because you have the word that I have spoken to you. So abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in them, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch that withers, and, that bran and though branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This, by this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commands, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For you all know that I have heard from my Father, and I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit shall abide, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Let's pray. Lord and God, we thank you for these words. We thank you that uh, these words of Jesus have been recorded for us, that we can read them again this morning. And so, Lord, as we read them and as we think about them and as we ponder on them, we ask for your spirit to be active in our hearts and minds, that we would know you more, that we would understand ourselves better, and that we would so glorify you in that process. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you've been around in January, uh, we've been looking at um, God, basically. Trying to uh, rediscover who uh, God is. Um, and I've been leading us on this process a little bit to uh, rediscover as we start the year, uh, our joy and delight in, and if you don't know this by now, you should be, because I'm going to say it again a lot again, that as we know who God is, oh sorry, now I've messed that up, 
um, that we, uh, I can't even say it now, um, that we understand God's joy and delight as we know Him more and as we know ourselves more as well. So we've been looking at Him this, mo- uh, this, this last uh, month and uh, trying to rediscover what it means to understand uh, God uh, and who He is. And as we've uh, been going through, we've been looking at all these different metaphors of God. So metaphors are word images, and this is the way God chooses to reveal Himself to us. Uh, So over the month, we've looked at God as um, a loving God who loves uh, His church and loves us as a bride or a wife, as a lover, uh, intimate and caring, uh, that uh, God is a forgiving Father, the perfect forgiving Father who loves uh, His kids, that He is uh, the protecting and provider King that watches over His people, that He is a faithful God who is committed to his people to the end. And today, we're actually going to look at God the grower uh, as we finish up. Uh, and as so, th- th- they're sort of our pictures of God and trying to understand who God is. And then uh, the next slide uh, gets us thinking about who we are because of him. So each of those metaphors, has that's who God is, and that then determines who you are. You are God's dearly loved and adored bride. He loves you with a smile on his face and with great delight to the point where he sings over you and, and is glorified by you as his beautiful bride. You are his forgiven and blessed children. You are his provided for and protected people. This is the way he views you. You are the ones that he is committed to so committed to that he was willing to send his son to die for you so that he could say it is finished so that you can be right with the creator of the universe and today he sees us as fruitful and flourishing people as the fruitful and flourishing people so knowing this as I've been saying through the, through the month, should put a smile on our face and should give us a spring in our step as we go into the year. And the Bible continually says, I want you to remember this. You've got to remember who God is and who you are because of him. It changes everything. It colours everything. And so as you go into the year, you just sit. and as I've been going through this year, I've been saying to you, I don't particularly want, I haven't, Uh, given you lots of application. I haven't said, oh, this is what you've now got to do as a result of this. Sometimes the Bible just says, listen to this. Soak it in. Take it in. Enjoy it. Delight in this reality of who God is and who you are because of it. And as we start the year, that's what I've been uh, preaching and praying that we would do, that we would delight in who God is, that we would have joy in Him and who he has made us to be. And so uh, this week, we are going to look at God uh, uh, the grower. And as I was um, sort of trying to, to, to wrap this up, um, there's all these metaphors and images, uh, particularly in the New Testament, of this sense um, that God uh, desires to grow his people, that he takes great joy and delight in seeing his people flourish, to see them be what he's created them to be, 
and to see them uh, be molded and shaped into his image and to become like Christ. And he says that for you individually, but also collectively for us as his church. Um, And so this week, as uh, we think about God as a grower, I wanted to quote, there was a quote from Joel last week when Joel preached. It was, I put it in my phone, it was a nice quote that's been resonating in my head this week. Joel said, God cares less about our sin and more about our relationship with him. I hope that brings a smile to your face. Because I think sometimes we're so focused and preoccupied by our sin and our badness and our brokenness that we forget that actually God's more concerned about how we relate to him. And all those metaphors are relationship sort of metaphors about how you relate to him, how you know him, how you're intimate with him, how you understand him. And so today as we go in, um, some of the metaphors are not necessarily the most intimate, uh, but there's uh, a lot of them that give us understanding of, uh, of this. Um, so here we go, we've got lots of them. The one that we read uh, at the start is uh, this idea that God is the gardener, uh, Jesus. So in that passage that I read, we actually get two metaphors that reveal the relationship. One is that God is a, a gardener that wants to see his vine flourish. And two, uh, Jesus is the vine which we need to remain in so that we can flourish. Uh, so those are the two things, that Jesus is the vine, God's the gardener, and they're working together to see us become fruitful and uh, flourish. Uh, as we uh, go through uh, the Bible, there's lots of images, and think about these sorts of images. The shepherd and the sheep image, what's that all about? If you think about what does a shepherd want to do with his sheep? And sometimes we think, oh yeah, he wants to care for them, he wants to see their well done, work. If you think about it, a shepherd actually wants to see his sheep produce. <laughs> he wants to see his sheep flourish so that they grow lots of wool or they produce lots of meat. <laughs> um, or, so he actually wants to see them flourish. So that's the end point of what he is caring for, his flock for. He wants to see them do well so that they are woolly <laughs> uh, and so that they produce lots of lambs. Uh, as you think about the farmer image and the sower and the field, that God is this, uh, the metaphor of God is the one that uh, prepares the soil. Um, he's the one, Jesus sort of showed himself as the one that sowed the seed, but someone had prepared the soil, that God is at work preparing the soil for you to grow and to flourish, for, him to, for you to become all that he desires you to be. Have you thought about that? that? That's the end goal of what he wants to see in you. He wants to see you become fruitful and flourish. Or even if we go back into the Old Testament, we think of Psalm 1 and we think of the tree beside the river of living water. And what does he say there? He wants to see that, that, that tree, that person is ever fruitful, evergreen. It doesn't wither. It flourishes because it remains in God. It soaks up. Uh, who God is. Uh, and as we go through, there's lots of images about the gospel bearing fruit and growing in us. We have to think about the fruit of the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit actually bears fruit uh, in our lives. We think of the fruits of the Spirit, uh, sorry, the fruit of the Spirit, but also the gifts of the Spirit uh, working in us. 
There's a great passage which I was almost going to read this morning, but if um, I won't, but you can read it this week, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And it's that passage where Paul talks about uh, the Corinthian church where he says, you know, some sow, some water, but it's God who causes the growth. And in that passage, he has these metaphor of um, it's God that he says, you are God's field. You are the ones that are producing something. And as you produce that, you glorify God. Uh, and in that place, he's, and then he starts, and this is what the Bible does all the time, it starts to mix metaphors and does all sorts of weird and wonderful things. Because then he starts to talk about his field being a building. And he wants his building to grow. And then you know those, if you heard those stories about that you are living stones, and that you are being built into a temple, and that you are growing into a temple, and that you are a living temple, and that you are growing as the stones being added to it, and that God is the architect and builder of his people, glorifying himself in this magnificent structure that he calls his church, you. And he delights in it as he molds it and shapes it into his image, gifting people, uh, giving fruit to people, shaping them, as they work together uh, to display his glory. And the last one, you're probably familiar with this, is the whole growing of the body. That God, and I'm trying to think of the uh, metaphor here, the Bible doesn't quite say this, but sort of God as personal trainer. God is uh, wanting to see uh, a beautiful body, uh, a body that's healthy and fit and uh, doing all that it can. And how does he do it? He gives it his spirit and his spirit starts to work in it. Uh, and the fruits again, but also the gifts that uh, have the body working together to display his glory. And he wants this church gifted by his gifts so that it will flourish and shine his glory uh, to this world. So God wants you to get these images in your head. He wants you to go away this week and think about these images. Journal them. Think about what does this mean for you if that's the way God views me? What does it mean that I am this? And I want you to ponder that and, uh, and pray over that as you think, seek this this year. And so uh, what does this tell us? If we go to the, our next slide, there's something about this that I just want to... Have, have you come across an avid gardener? Uh, and, and when the avid gardener uh, produces a beautiful flower or at the moment everyone's producing veggies, uh, and there's something about, and I found this, this photo of this guy who's uh, picking his grapes. And I just thought, do you understand the delight that the gardener has in producing fruit? And this is the, the analogy that God wants you to have locked in your head. That as you produce fruit, as you do his stuff, he delights in you. He's rejoicing over you. He has a smile on your face, on his face, and he is delighting in you. It's a little bit different than the image that we often have, isn't it? Because don't we often have the image that God's up there cracking the whip, saying, get on there, get out there. What are you doing? You're not doing enough. I've told you through this month that they are the lies of the enemy, that the accuser is trying to rip you down. Yes, there's an urgency for us to get out there, but it's an urgency that's driven by joy and delight in who we are because of who God is. And so as we go into this year, I want to see lots of smiles on faces and springs in steps because of who God is and how he has empowered us 
to be his display of glory in this world this year, in the church and outside it. And the, the beautiful thing is, I found this smiling sheep. I like that smiling sheep. You see, this is the metaphor, is it's not just the gardener that delights, but it's the, I, I picked some tomatoes off my tomato plant yesterday, and there was just this one that was just beautiful ruby red tomato. And, and I just, it, it, just, it just shone, it just glorified. <laughs> and that's how God views us. As he fills us with his spirit, we're like the beautiful tomato. <laughs> Maybe that's a better image. I don't know, beautiful flowers. You know, he just, we're just radiating with him. And there's sort of like a smile on our, on our faces as we radiate him in this joy and delight. And that's why, guys, we need to have a smile on our face and a spring in our step. Because it displays our maker. Because that's how he views us. That's how he's living with us. So church, please, this year, let me see more smiles in this place. Let me see more spring. Let me see more rejoicing. Let me see more hand raising. Let me see more fist pumping. Not because of me or what I preach or not because of this church, but because of who God is and who you are because of him. Good to see a few smiles already. <laughs> guys, if, if, if I was going to call us on this, guys, we are a, a church that has developed as a culture that we don't express this. And so we sit here with our arms folded and serious faces and we don't display the glory of what we know in our hearts. Remember that, uh, there was that, that quote where, um, where he talk, talking about people in the church and they, they, they know who God is and they know uh, the depth of his love. And <laughs> the guy said, can someone tell your face what you know in your heart. Because sometimes we sit here like this, and yet we know the depths of who God is and who we are because of him. So let's see that. Let's work on that. Let's encourage us to be uh, smiley people this year. And, and, and I'm not, this is not just we're just smiley, happy facing it, uh, faces and faking it. Because we're going to face lots of hardship and pain and suffering in that. And as I've said, even in that, we can have... <laughs> A smile. Even in that, we can strengthen ourselves uh, or support each other through it uh, as we have this glory in it. Uh, as we go on to this, uh, onto the next uh, slide, um, there's this idea that God wants us to be fruitful, not barren. And uh, Jesus, in this passage, uh, highlights that God is the gardener and he cuts off those that don't produce. And it's a warning. He places a warning. And he, if you're wondering about who he's cutting off, he's probably there alluding to the Jews, where he's cutting off some of the Jews there. But they're the Jews that don't believe who Jesus is. So he cuts off people who don't believe God for who he is. So these are not people who just do bad things but still believe in Jesus or are sinful Christian. But these are people who are choosing not to believe who Jesus is, not to believe in who God is, and are not vessels of his Holy Spirit. They're the ones that are cut off. And yet he still calls us all now in this time, in these last days, to turn to him, to have faith, to remain in him, to be rooted in who Christ is so that you can flourish. Then the other side of what God does, because he does two types of cutting in that image. Do you get that? He cuts off the bad. But then what does he do? He prunes those that are bearing fruit. So there are things that God wants to cut out of our lives. 
and that things that shouldn't be there because they don't display his glory. And so those things sometimes are painful and sometimes they come through hardship and suffering and pain. But God is saying, I'm using those to produce a fruit in you to display my glory. Just like when we think about discipline, when we discipline our children or we discipline ourselves, that it's not necessarily pleasant at the time, but what does it do? It produces a great harvest. It produces uh, a glorifying uh, aspect of God. Um, and this, in this passage, what is he saying here? This, I, I think it's just great for us to, to think on. He wants us to produce love for each other. He wants, and a lot of um, this imagery talks to the church here. It's very much, it goes out to the world, but it also talks inward to the church. And it says, God, it, God says, I want you to display this to each other. You need to love one another deeply. You need to ask for the Spirit for his fruit of joy and love and peace and gentleness and kindness and self-control. And you need to display it to each other. Because then when you're working together, living in that sort of way, then you radiate as his bride. Then you radiate uh, as his beautiful creations. So it's not just out there, it's in here. It's the way we treat each other. It's the way we love uh, one another. And so that, um, this thing. Um, interesting question. What is, uh, what is the purpose of what he's, he's talking about? He's talking about producing these things, producing uh, you know, good works amongst us. But there's something else that he's talking about producing. Because at the end, he says, I want you to produce a harvest that will last. And most of the commentators in here sort of say Jesus flicks between a couple of things here. One, he's talking about those sorts of fruits displayed, the way you love one another. But then he's also talking about, I want you to produce fruit that will last. And he's talking about saved people. God is wanting to see more people sitting in this room more people who are following Christ, uh, new people who were once lost but now found. And he says the way that you also produce fruit is by bringing the gospel to bear and having new people added. Here's the thing. What's the purpose of an apple tree? Produce apples. That's what we always say. Wrong answer. Sorry, John. <laughs> I set you up. But John can handle it. It's not. The purpose of an apple tree is to actually produce more apple trees. Because it produces an apple. What's inside the apple? Seeds. And what happens? It falls to the ground. And what does it do? It produces another apple tree. So that that can produce other apples. And that can produce more apple trees. And so as this year, when we think about discipleship and we think about adding people here, the purpose of us is not just to produce but it's to produce people who will disciple others. <laughs> and we as a church, and we, we're really wanting to focus on this, that we don't want just nice Christian people here. We want disciplers here. People who live this out and are producing, <laughs> reproducing uh, themselves, other followers of Christ, people who are becoming more like Christ. And I think we need to keep that in mind. It's not just about producing us as nice people, but it's about reproducing us, a harvest that is representative of new people coming into the kingdom as well. Because what does that do? Makes One Hope Church look great, doesn't it? No, it glorifies God. 
What does is, what is Jesus say when the disciples come back? You know, when, you know, heaven is rejoicing at what you're doing as you go out and present, present the gospel. Heaven is rejoicing at one sheep that is saved and added to this flock. Heaven rejoices as this, this body grows and is added to. So keep that in our minds as we uh, go into this year too. So as we head into 2016, God wants to grow us. He wants to see us flourish uh, inward and outwardly. He wants to uh, display his glory through us as again this year. And he will empower us to do it. That was the promise. So Jesus said, remain in me. And the picture I always have, if you remain in the vine, you have the sap that comes into you that produces. And that sap is like the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that produces the fruit in us, that gives us the power and the courage to engage with the lost, to care for the hurting and to um, grow other disciples. And so Jesus says, remain in me and produce the fruit of the Spirit. If we go to the next slide. Um, so these things, so God, God just doesn't say, because remember, God says, I don't want, uh, God said, I will grow you. Apart from me, you won't grow. Remember when he's talking about sowing and warding with Paul and apostles, he said, but it's God who causes the growth. We don't have to go out there and think we've got to grow. No, God says, I will grow you. I'll produce in you the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. What I want you to do then is just align yourself to that. So he says, keep in step with that. So what do we do? What does he say And in this passage and others? He says, keep asking the Father to produce in you. So what do we do? We ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me to be more loving. Help me to be more joyful. Help me to be more kind. Help me to be more patient. Help me to be more faithful. Help me to be uh, more gentle. And as I take step, God works with us and we display this thing. But God's saying, I've gifted it to you. It's yours. You don't have to go out, produce it yourself. It's, it's yours. Now keep in step with me. And the same uh, as we go into this year and we think about uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, that God says, I'm going to gift you as a church with power from on high that's going to allow you to grow and flourish in ways that you could never believe. And I'm going to give uh, people who are you know, gifts of evangelism or discernment or miracles or tongues or interpretation or shepherding or leadership or administration or these things I'm going to do so that you together will display who I am. So ask, so what does he say? Ask the Lord of the harvest for these. Church, this year we need to be asking for God's spirit to work powerfully amongst us for his fruit and his gifts so that we will flourish and be fruitful for our amazing grower God. Because here, we go to the last slide. Here is where it, the metaphor thing starts to do your head in. This is what the Bible does with metaphors all the time. Because we were thinking of ourselves as fruit. And then the Bible starts to twist it. But no, you're not fruit. You guys are gardeners. You guys are not just sheep. You're shepherds. You guys are not just living stones. You're builders. And so how does, God, how does God tend his garden? How does God see his church flourish? He gets you guys to do it. And so he says, you know, think of the body image. From him, the whole body joined and held together uh, by every supporting living grows and builds itself up. 
Or, you know, think of the shepherd, the flock among you. And so the metaphor gets twisted where we become those who are tending each other, caring for each other, shepherding for each other, so that we will display his glory. And we've got a gardener and an architect and builder and personal trainer on high that is empowering us to do that. So that you can become a more beautiful bride so that you'll understand the depth of what it means to be the child of God, to understand his provision and protection. But not only that, so that you become the groom, i.e. you become the lover of others. You treat one another the way God's loved you. So that intimate love, is says, I want you to have that, that's what this church is to be characterized by, that sort of love. Unconditional love, unconditional forgiveness, unconditional pursuit of the well-being of each other. So that you would become better parents. So that you would become the providers and protectors of people here and outside. So that you would become the forgivers. So that you would become the faithful ones to each other and to the world. So that you become the growers as he works in and through us. So God has chosen us to be his living metaphors as we go into this year. People of God, let that bring a smile to our face and a spring to our step as we seek to grow as a church, to be growing disciples, caring for those who are hurting, reaching the world with his love. And this year as a church, we would flourish and radiate his glory. Because God delights in us for who we are, not what we do. Remember that one? So We're not going in this year trying to keep God happy or to please him. He's already delighting and joying in us. So we go into this year knowing that with a smile on our face, a spring in our step, with joy and delight because of who we are, not what we do. So may God empower us by his spirit to truly radiate him this year. Let's pray. Father God, this morning we lift our hands to you and we cry out to you to come upon us with your presence and power. Lord, as your church, as your people, as your bride, will you come upon us so that we would know who you are and who we are because of you, that we would radiate your glory with a smile on our face and a spring in our step and that we would see this church flourish for the glory of your name, that you would grow us in fruits and gifts and that you would grow us in number this year, that you would grow us as disciples. Lord, and we pray that as we do this, you would be glorified in the name of Jesus. Amen.